Praise the Lord, and welcome to I Have Podcast and another session of I Have a Testimony. With me, your host, Reverend Mario A. Najera. To all those that are listening in for the first time and for all those that are returning back, thank you for joining in. I am honored to have with me today Bishop Daniel Lofton, pastor of Boston Apostolic Lighthouse of Boston, Massachusetts. We are here today to testify of the goodness and the mercy of God, and no matter where you find yourself in your life journey, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and that he's still doing works within his people. So listen as we hear what God has done in the life of my guest today. Uh, Bishop uh, Lofton, praise the Lord, and welcome to I Have Podcast. And thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Thank you for having us. Praise the Lord. Welcome, everyone. It's such a privilege to be here with you, and we look forward to a great conversation and a great opportunity here. All right. As always, uh, Bishop, my prayer for our conversations is that the, the words that we speak today will inject faith in the hearts and the minds of those that are listening today in Jesus' name. Amen. That is, that is a great goal, and I commend it uh, because it's such an important time to, to have hope. Yes. Bishop Lopton, I haven't had the uh, pleasure of meeting you in person, but along with our listeners, I'm going to learn today, uh, you know, where God has brought you from. And although your testimony is grand and, and, and has a lot of different avenues, I know we're just going to get a small picture of it. But yet I, I, I want to learn and I'm excited to learn what God has done in your life. So kind of opening up with that, where would you say, uh, Bishop, that you found yourself in your life uh, experience before your own experience in church or before your personal relationship with Christ? Where would you say you found yourself at? Well, a little bit about me, and thank you so much for having me, uh, Brother Nahera. This is uh, a journey that began, and I, for the most part, grew up within a Christian home mm. in, a, in a church context, um, in a, a very traditional uh, environment and, and just a, a, you know, a solid environment. But I grew up in, a, in that context where my grandmother was uh, the first baptized in our whole family. Uh, and, uh, you know, she was a widow at a very early age, 40 years old. So the, the challenges in life. But I was born in Los Angeles, uh, you know, a, a, few, a few years back. And uh, the context of Los Angeles during that time was really unique because it's so much the environment that I grew up in. Mm. And, uh, you know, a story that I tell people, uh, most people are, are familiar with uh, Huey Lewis and the news and mm. excuse the, the secular, <laughs> uh, but, but it's a reality that this was my, my environment that I grew up in. Mm. And uh, we, we hear the, the, you see the Cheech and Chong movies from those Chicano movies and, and you see this culture, this Chicano culture, the lowrider culture, uh, the, the, the dropped bikes and, and all of that. Well, mm. that's the, my context. That's where I grew up. Um, you know, uh, I was born in what? I was born at Martin Luther King Hospital in, in, in South Central L.A. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and uh, that, but that's just the context, and that's where I grew up. Uh, but and Sunday nights, we'd run into this lowrider culture because we lived on a street called Williamson right off of Whittier Boulevard. Mm. And Whittier Boulevard, that was, the, that was the, the cruising scene where all the lowriders, trucks, the, 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 the 65, 66 Impalas, bubble top, I mean, hydraulics, uh, that was where I grew up. And, mm. and that was the environment. Um, 
And so uh, a lot of that had to do with the, just a transition of time. And so we're talking late 70s, early 80s. But that's where the Lord began to work in my life and, and laid a good foundation. Mm. And so my experience wasn't till later where I, you know, I, for the most part, I grew up within church, going to church. You know, we went on Sundays. Uh, it was a primarily Spanish church. And between that time period, we actually went to church in Compton. Now it's called East uh, Rancho Dominguez. So they kind of switched the, but it's Compton. Uh, it's, you know, South Central LA. And, uh, and so we were familiar with the, the drug, you know, environment. Mm. We were familiar with, with all of the illicit drugs and LSD. And, and, I mean, crack cocaine yet had not been invented, really. Mm. It wasn't until the, the later 80s. But we, we, we also saw that. We saw the gang culture, you know, mm. bloods and crips. And, and this is somewhere in the 80s where this really just exploded in Los Angeles. But that was the environment that I grew up in. Mm. And so I, I'm... But at the age of 12, you know, and time had, had, had gone by, at the mm -hmm. age of 12, I was in a service, and we had a missionary, uh, uh, Bishop Arturo Espinosa, who, who was a, a missionary coming to visit our church, and mm -hmm. he was a speaker. And in that message, uh, I remember uh, listening to the Word of God like many other days, but in that day, he made an altar call. Mm -hmm. And in that altar call, I could, and, and what I consider the audible voice of God, mm. and I believe this, I, I, I could hear it like if somebody was whispering in my ear, mm. and the Lord had, had really, I, I had an experience with Him in that altar. And this was a, a life experience that really has changed the rest of my life. Mm. Because the words that I heard were, were these, you either serve me or you're going to serve the devil. Just like that, very plain, very cold, very, very. But it, but it hit me. It, it, it hit me to the core, mm. and I didn't even have to think. You know, I, I think I maybe thought about it two or three seconds, and at that point, I yielded. Mm. I just remember in my spirit, just saying, "All right, Lord, I'm, I'm going to serve you." And from that point, I determined to serve the Lord because I, I, after that altar call and, you know, and wiping my, my, my eyes mm. and, and just so I had an experience, an encounter with God. Yeah. And I remember coming to my parents immediately and saying, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. Well, no, yeah, we'll set it up. No, no, tonight <laughs> I want to be baptized. And so amongst some discussion, you know, my, my, my parents were kind of like, well, he's kind of young. You know, they had heard all the horror stories. They had heard that a, a lot of young kids, uh, you know, through emotional, they, mm. they, they, they get their emotions stirred up. And then, and so I remember they had a, a like a quick, well, what do we do? What do we do? And I remember my dad says, you know what? I'll take responsibility. Mm. And, uh, and that, that was that's what all I needed because I knew I had an experience. But but when you're 12 years old, you don't have a whole lot of credibility yeah. because of your youth. and and But yet something, and I believe something in, in, in the spirit touched my dad to say, you know what? This is genuine. This is something. Mm. And and be responsible. Let, let, let just This is me working. So, mm. that, you know, I, that's how I understood it later on. I just knew that I just wanted to give. I just needed to do this. And so that was my experience from that day forward wow. uh, at a young age. And I mean, I was I remember I was in between sixth and seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this was September uh, and, and 
from that point on, that's where the Lord began to work in my life. You know, because growing up to that, you grew up in church, but uh, you're you're still a sinner. You still commit errors. You still mm-hmm. have temptations. You still have, you know, I mean, I, growing up in that environment, I know what it is to see cocaine up front and and wow. marijuana and all the and crack cocaine and all of this stuff. You're 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 exposed to all of this, mm-hmm. the, the the beer, and but yet you we were taught, and thankfully we had a great foundation. Mm-hmm. You know all. Uh, and I encourage every parent, there's nothing better that you can do for your kids than expose them and take them and have them learn the Word of God, yes. go to Sunday school. I know it's an endeavor, and especially today. Mm. And and back in those days, we went to church on Tuesday, on Thursday, Friday night youth service, Saturday morning. It's either church cleanup or there's an activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then there's, there's Matutino, there's sunrise service on Sunday. You have Sunday school at 10, you have uh, uh, lunch break at 12 to 1, and then you go out and evangelize from mm. 1 to 3. Then you come back and you have fi- at either service at 5 or 6 p.m. on Sunday. And that was the routine. But you know what? When I look back now, that was the foundation that I had that built, that built in me and has helped you know, lay something in, in my life that I, that I, I can go back, that the hymns... Yes. And I'll share this because uh, this is important to me. Sometimes we, we, we look back and, and, and to my generation, we grew up in, you know, I, I grew up going to church where we would take two or three hymn books mm-hmm. under the arm. You, when you go to church, you take two, three hymn books because that was the repertoire. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have computers and, and, you know, and CCM and all these other types of. But the, the, the written word was a lot of uh, of. The proclamation of the written word was through hymns. Yes. And that was the mode and the method. And so what would happen is our services would run three hours. But but I, I got to say this, but it, if it wasn't for these hymns, why? Because I was a musician. I started playing drums at five years old. Wow. Okay. And and quick story here. Somebody, you know, the, the local drummer... You know, and at the time we were we were part of one of the patriarchs' churches, Brother Benjamin Cantu, who uh, I'm eternally grateful for setting a great example, and who is who has really impacted me from from uh, a, a scriptural, mm-hmm. because he was the type of pastor that would come, open the Bible, read the first scripture, and then preach for the next hour verbatim out of scripture that he had in, in that, that he mm-hmm. had committed to memory. Yeah. A very sharp, very. And, and that impressed me so much. But at five years old, the drummer from the local church says, you know, you're interested in playing drums. Okay, we're gonna, we, you get to play the last song in the service before the benediction, before the prayer of dismissal. And we sing a song. That's going to be your song. Brother, I could barely reach the pedals. Yeah. But this is interesting because that's why the church is so important because the pastor's wife saw me. And, you know, I'd have to borrow drumsticks because I didn't have my own drumsticks. Mm. Uh the pastor's wife saw me that I mean, and I remember being able to just basically stand at the edge of the drum throne and play. And I could play, you know, I learned, you know, after, you know, you can ask my parents, uh, you know, after learning to play drums on pots and pans and, and, and coffee cans at home. Uh, but, but the, the Lord had gifted me with the ability and I was able to pick it up very quick. So at age, age of five years old, but the pastor's wife saw in me something mm. because she gave me, and I'll never forget this, and I wish I would have held on to it. She gave me a wheat bread bag full of pennies that she had saved. Okay. And this is Sister Tomasita Cantu. 
She had saved all of these pennies so that I could purchase my first pair of drumsticks. <laughs> Brother Nahara, it's people like that, and it's people within the church that have, and and that changed my life because it 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 was an it was somebody that didn't know me but believed in me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And my parents believed in me because they allowed it, but but she went be, uh, the above and beyond, and that's what set me. And I remember coming to my dad and telling him, I have this money, <laughs> let's go to the, the music store, I'm going to buy me a pair of drumsticks. And so I remember that, but these are instances growing up in, and this was in, in you know, Lincoln Heights, Boyle Heights, you know, in the hood, in the barrio. Mm. Okay, but that was the, the experience that really catalyzed my life to, to serve Christ. Mm. And so that was my experience growing up in that environment. We had the challenges because going through all through middle school, through high school, and you're baptized and, and you don't have a whole lot. But yet we learn to kind of navigate within that structure. Yeah. But thankfully, the church was the foundation and the root system that allowed mm -hmm. me to grow. Yes. And so that's a little bit about, you know, um, you know, I tell people. I grew up in a very different environment yeah. than you know, than what you see, um, but but I'm thankful because it it created a lot of character and a lot of experience. Yes. Yeah, and, and I think especially around these times, Bishop, like we were talking, uh, like you mentioned mentioned on earlier, uh, you know, people needing to hear something of faith, uh, you know, building that foundation, uh, especially with being now in our own little bubble. You know, uh, you know, because of the COVID situation yes. and, and, you know, just kind of drawing back from your experiences or the lessons that you learned during those times when, you know, when church was more commonplace in a sense where we were able to go out, you know, on a Wednesday and on a Sunday. And now we're doing it virtually. But now it's more like uh, it's more like homework in a sense where, OK, now take what you've gotten and now put it to practice, because yes. this is the way we need to sur not survive, but thrive now. You know, in this in these times, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so what the, what that really teaches you is that you're able to self-sustain on your faith. Mm. And so, and I'll say this: this is kind of a, a something that I believe in, something that I've I've spoken even to my local church, mm -hmm. and I share with others, is that even you know, and I'm thankful for all the social media that we yeah. have and all this ability. Uh, that we have to communicate the gospel and to share and to help people and to deal with what I call all the different phases. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if there's one thing that we've learned in, in 2020 and throughout this pandemic and COVID is that, th that it's really exposed our human nature, our human character, all of these principles and what we're made out of. And mm -hmm. especially in our context of our faith, it's shaken mm -hmm. our faith. Because we don't have that ability to just to go to church and maybe to find that spot or or in that altar or 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 you know rely on the, on the environment of the worship to kind of yeah. you know usher us in. You have to create your own environment in your own home, behind your own you know. And there's nothing like going to a service because you can rely on everybody else's corporate prayer. But there, yeah. the one thing that I believe that God has allowed is saying, okay. I, I've we you've come this far, but now you need to go forward. So I'll give you the analogy. The analogy that I'll give you is based in scriptural because you see in the book of Matthew in chapter six that Jesus tells the disciples, "Let's go to the other side." They're going to mm -hmm. Capernaum, and he says, "Go to the other side. I'm going to go." You know, and this is after feeding the thousands and thousands with mm -hmm. five loaves and two fish, 
And so we see here that he's tired, but he says, I'm going to go to the mountain and pray. Yet it was a setup, I believe, because mm-hmm. he sends them on their way. And, and some, some biblical scholars say that some of them, they kind of hung around the, 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 the shoreline there waiting. Well, maybe Jesus will come back. You know, maybe he'll get tired. And, but, but because the night began to, to get darker, they said, well, we better get going because he said, let's go to the other side. Mm-hmm. So they get to the other side. But what the Bible says when they got about halfway, it's about seven to eight miles to get across. Hmm. They've been rowing for about eight hours and they're tired. And so, you know, and, and, and so in this moment, and I think that's what 2020 caused for everybody. We've come through life and now we're coming to this pause and hmm. we're tired and, and, and we're tired of getting locked in and we're tired of, of not just having that freedom and, and we're tired of wearing masks and we're tired of yeah. cleaning our hands with sanitizer. And, 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 and we feel this, you know, and some people call it persecution. Some people call it, and, and that's what it feels like. Yeah. However, we, we, we're only halfway there. Mm. And so in our walk, in our faith with God, we need to understand that there are things that he will allow. Why? Because the storm had a contrary wind. The waves were beating up the ship. And that's what 2020 has done. It's, it's caused contrary. It's caused winds. It's caused resistance. Mm. It's caused a lot of things in our lives. But I'm happy to say that in that process, in the middle of the storm, we see Jesus walking on the water toward the ship. Mm. And that is the call for each and every one of us to in the middle of whatever storm and whatever contrary wind we're dealing with. We must proceed forward in our faith, in our foundation. We're in the boat. Jesus didn't send them, you know, they were in the boat. The Bible says, and I'm just going to make this and kind of abbreviate this. The Bible says when Jesus now comes into the ship, that the calm came, the Mm. peace came, the storm calmed, the contrary wind stopped. Okay, and this is what I believe. This is what I believe from this, and I'll explain this. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a, a, enough scripture and, and and knowledge to know that I believe that the contrary wind would come against them and and drove them. They got halfway. They're tired. Mm-hmm. They're exhausted. But when Jesus came into the boat and they allowed him into the boat, everything calmed down. And the Bible says, and immediately they made it to the other side. Wow. So what I believe, based on that. What I believe is that contrary wind that was trying to slow them down, that was trying to beat them down, that was trying to have them lose their faith and, and take all the, the, the wind out of their sails and, and take all of their energy and say, it's for naught. And I'm here to tell somebody today mm. that do not give up on the processes because God has allowed you to continue to make it through the storm. But mm. that contrary wind, he will create a shift and I believe that's what he did. He created, instead of it being a contrary wind now, he turned it and now it's behind them, pushing them to their destiny, mm. pushing them to the destination. I'm here wow. to tell somebody, I believe 2020 has been a contrary wind. It's been a challenge it's, and, and it's proven us. And we've, we've had, I mean, I mean, I can call it out. We've had mental health questions. We've wow. had faith questions. We've had physical questions. We've had fear uh, doubts, uncertainties, and these are all contrary winds. But I'm believing that God in in, in the next phase mm-hmm. in 2021 is going to turn that contrary wind and it's going to put us behind us and mm-hmm. thrust us forward into a new future, a, a new, a better, a, be, a new beginning, a better opportunity, because we see that immediately they get to the other side. Mm-hmm. 
And why do I say that? Because when they get to the other side, that's when immediately everybody on the shore is saying, hey, wait a minute. They just made it through that rough storm that we just saw and heard of and experienced. But we were on land, but they were on a boat. Yeah. And at that point, they were, they were, the Bible says that they were so, uh, they, the Bible says this, they recognized Jesus. They recognized his disciples. And that's why I'm saying that they recognize these are the men that came through that storm. They have something special. They mm-hmm. have what I need. The Bible says they went through all the cities and all the towns bringing people that were sick so that they would be healed. And Jesus healed them all. Wow. And so that's what I'm believing that through this storm, through this challenge, but it's our foundation. Yes. It's now to trust God. To Whether you know one scripture or whether you know many scriptures, mm. the, important is, the, port, the important thing is that you know Christ, that you recognize yes. Christ. Yes. Wow. Bishop, in Jesus' name, that, 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 that's something. Yes, in Jesus' and the, name. And that is a general word right now. I can tell you with an assurance yeah. that that's what the Lord had spoken to me. And, and I share this because people are looking they're looking yes. for understanding. And, and that's why it doesn't matter if you came to church, if you don't know Christ, if, if, if you're dealing with situations, yeah. if you'll just allow for that, opportunity and let God in and give him uh, that space mm-hmm. because yeah he knows you're tired yeah we're all tired we were all t- I was tired yeah but I purposed and thankfully I purposed that this is the day that the Lord has made yes. I will be glad and I will rejoice in it yes in Jesus you know name. and so yeah. I'll, I'll share one more thing brother and this is a recommendation for those that maybe say well but I didn't grow up in church and I don't well mm. I, I I advise you find a Bible app. You don't even need a Bible. You don't need a physical book. Find mm-hmm. a Bible app. Find a scripture. Find a friend. No. Okay. And this is a, a, a this is a discipline that I have learned, and I have really, and I started doing this in 2019. But all of 2020, every morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is read scripture. Mm. The absolute first thing. I go to my phone. The first thing, my alarm or or I wake up and, and the first before I do anything else mm-hmm. and friend and whoever's uh, hearing this, I recommend this. Find a Bible app and go to uh, that. When you open up your eyes, the first thing you do and fill your life. The mm-hmm. reason why the, the, the psalmist says, I will I will seek the Lord. And, and he, he and I'm going to paraphrase it this mm. this way, you know. Uh, the, the Bible says that we must seek the Lord, but some people say, well, how do I seek the Lord? Well, you need to let the Word of God come in you yeah. because if you fill your life with the Word, your your life will be now filled up with spiritual things yes. and less the, the less strains of life and, and the worries of life will, will have room yes. to come in. Yeah. And so wh- why that's important is because it doesn't matter. You could, you could start with John eleven thirty five. 35. Mm-hmm. Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. But committed to committed to memory and if you have to say jesus wept every morning or whatever it may be the lord is my shepherd i shall not want okay now these scriptures and these things are going to fill your life and they're going to start your day and they're going to build faith why because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god and that right there has as a pastor as a minister as somebody that that I'm telling you, I rely on this and I, I'll listen to, you know, and I'll read or I'll listen to four to five scriptures. But I, usually I'll read about four different 
and 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 that sets me on my day so that the storms of life and the worries mm-hmm. and 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 we have to be very careful and filter what God is coming yeah. to speak to us. And mm-hmm. so that recommendation right there I believe will help people to kind of give them stability mm. because this world it's it seems unstable there's something yeah. changing every day. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, and, and like the word of, you know, the Bible shares with us, you know, inscribe, you know, God's word in, in the tablets of our heart, you know, so we can always have the, you know, fall back on. Bishop, I just, you know, I sense that, that passion you have for God's word and, and, and for ministry. But Bishop, how, how did that kind of, not, not so much the, the, the passion for God's word, but in ministry, in a sense, how did that experience uh, relate to you in, in, in kind of getting involved? In ministry, okay. Well, my 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 life and my ministry. I was like I said, I was a musician growing up, mm-hmm. so I had a commitment to the church, and I would you know play, and I had you know. Then later on, I uh, I began to sing in choirs, and you know back back when we had these mass choirs, and we had a sector choir, which was a smaller group of ten churches, and we'd gather. And, and we'd have rehearsal and prayer time. And, and, and it, it, it built a great uh, social environment and, and a lot of like-minded people. And so we were able to travel throughout, you know, California and Arizona and different places, uh, singing and, and, you know, and just sharing the gospel and being part of activities. But my ministry truly started uh, when I was 18. Mm. And... Again, the Lord speaks to you and puts you in situations. And I remember, and I, I say this to to a lot of uh, individuals, my, my ministry started in a real unique way because my pastor called me to a meeting one morning and he says, meet me at Baker Square at 9 a.m. and bring your parents. Okay. <laughs> and I said, all right, Pastor, we're going to meet, you know. And uh, and then my parents started questioning me, and they said, "Well, did you do something?" Yeah. <laughs> or you know, and it was kind of funny because they looked at me with that funny eye, like like are you not like, again? When you're 18, you don't have too much credibility. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but he he really wanted to to meet with us and have just a conversation. Mm. And the bottom line, and he was very straightforward. He was a man that had uh, pastored me, and 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 you know, I w- I'd grown. I already had a relationship with him. And he sat me down, but this is really how my ministry started. He sat me down and he says, well, the reason why I wanted to, to meet with you and just have a conversation. And he basically said, you're immature and I can't use you in my church. Wow. In front of my parents. And that right there, and it's not so much that, but that was something that spurned in me to really just commit it to prayer. Hmm. And I remember just going to the Lord because up to that point, I had I had no notion of going into ministry. Mm. Uh, my parents or my, you know, we really didn't. It was not a topic of discussion because I was involved within the church. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point where God puts you in a situation where he where he says, how will you respond? Mm. And that was the challenge. That was the shock because, yeah. you know, I wasn't doing anything uh, you know, nefarious or dark or, you know, it, I was just, but I was in shock. It's like, I wasn't even like, you know, I, I was real honest. I, was, I wasn't even asking for anything, yeah. you know, <laughs> but that, and I remember, but I, but I committed to prayer and I remember going to the Lord and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, uh, I don't understand this. And, you know, in the midst of my embarrassment of, I, I, I just said, I don't understand this, 
but something in me said, but it's it's a matter of how you're going to react. Mm. You know, don't take it as a negative thing, an attack. Mm. Take it as what what is God speaking to you? And so I I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, if you're calling me and if mm. you have something for my life, I want you to deal with my pastor. I'm not going to broach the subject. I'm not going to mm. bring this up. I I'm just going to seek you. And from that point, I had committed to seek the Lord to really. To, to, to go further and, and, and to go beyond just the, the, the normal sacrifices that you make or the, more, the normal uh, priorities that you make, but to really seek the face of the Lord and say, God, what are you asking of my life? What are, and that's where I felt that God began to move. And for that whole year, okay, this was in a small process of, you know, a few weeks. This was a whole year that, that, that was just, that desire was just churning and growing in me. And that's where ministry really, because, uh, you know, in that process, we were in a building project in our local church. And I saw this church go from the ground. And I remember one Sunday turning over and looking at the, 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 the grounds there. And there was weeds growing out of the ground. And I was like, Lord, this can't be happening. You know, mm-hmm. I know I'm believing. I know that there is more than, you know, this is not the... the this is not the the situation that the church should be going through. Just, mm. you know, weeds are growing on, on this facility because with the 1988 uh, earthquake, the, the foundation was was uh, dislodged. And so we had to oh. take we had to take the whole facility down to the ground. And so, you know, we're looking at a two million dollar project and I'm looking at the ground saying, Lord, and I felt like Nehemiah, Lord, we got to do something here. But but the Lord had already put a passion in me to mm. seek Him to to to, to say there's got to be more. Yeah. There's got to be more than just going through the motions of of the same, and you you go and and you're a part of it. But but there's got to be more, and so that's where God began to 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 just seek. Because I'll tell you, beyond ministry and everything else, the moments and and I'll share this with you: the greatest moments in your life will be when you're one on one with God in mm. the silence. In the darkness sometimes. And that's where I discovered that your greatest moments are not when you're behind a platform or when the mm-hmm. lights are on. It's when you can be at peace and, and be one with, with God, mm-hmm. one with Christ and say, come into my heart or, or touch my or speak to my life or, or deal in my life. And so that experience is where God began to thrust. So a year to, to the date or about... Uh, my pastor and I, and at that point I heard I had been elected a youth leader mm. to be uh, you know uh, the youth leader from the local church and that had just begun and so we were having our first service and right before the service he called me up and I never forget he called me up and he gave me that that powerful finger and he <laughs> says have a seat right here and right before the service and this is what he said and if you could tell you're, you're gonna you're gonna find out for me they are, these are these are specific words that God had spoken to me. Serve me or serve the devil. Uh, you know, you're immature. <laughs> and they challenged me. But mm-hmm. at that point, my pastor, his first words were, the Lord has spoken to me. Wow. And he dealt with me. And, and you know, and I want to know, you know, if you're ready because, you know, I want to prepare you to be a deacon in the church, to serve the church in ministry. But that's how he started. His words were, the Lord has spoken to me, has dealt with me. And, wow. and that's what I knew. And that confirmed. And so, I, I, again, I yielded. 
I, I'm sitting there and I yielded. I said, all right, Lord, I, this is my answer. I, that's what I prayed. Yeah. And you spoke exactly what I asked you. And I put it before you. Nobody else knew. No, mm. my Nobody. My friends, no, my parents, nobody else knew my prayer and that fleece I put before the Lord. And that's how God began to deal with me and, and prepare me. But he also began to prepare me because sometimes in ministry you have to learn to walk alone. Mm. Nice. And, and, and I can tell you that. Don't be afraid to walk alone. It's a lonely place, yes. And, and you know, and, and I'm, I tend to be extroverted and, and uh, you know, I could pretty much talk to anybody. But I learned also that if I got to be by myself, I'm okay by myself. Mm. I'm okay walking by myself. Because God learns, and, and there's a friend of mine that, that really uh, spoke this, and, and I can share these little nuggets and these little principles that I've learned. It's helped me. Mm-hmm. And that is we have to tune our ear to the mouth of God. Mm. To know when He's speaking. when He's But we have to be in tune. We have to be on, on that frequency. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and so... It, that right there, being able to tune your ear and hear, okay, this is the Lord speaking to me, or this is this is what I need to do, and that really uh, began to be the the stepping stones that God would use, and and the steps that God would use for me to progress and grow in ministry. And at that point, it started a process, mm-hmm. started a process to to really dive in and and seek and serve. And I mean, and and you know what, I, I'll tell you this is my parents at that point they said, all right, you're gonna you're going to accept ministry. And, and I'll say this much, that my dad, and, and he's played a, a great role within my ministry because he was an ordained minister, a servant, had always helped, uh, and he always had that servant spirit. You know, he's got the ministry of helps. Uh, he And if there's something that I've learned, it's through him, through through healing. I mean, I mean there's been notable miracles mm. and and things that, and, and, and if you see my dad, he's simple in his approach. But when the anointing begins to flow, mm-hmm. and he taught me something. He taught me back, you know, many years ago. He says, look, Dan. He says, when you start to feel like some heat right here in your palm of your hand, right here, that's when you know the anointing is beginning to flow. Just believe this, believe and release it in faith and just believe mm-hmm. for healings. Okay, that's what I call an indicator. Okay, and interesting, it's the indicator that, that my dad, that the Lord would put in my dad. But I have that gifting too where I can tell you. Man, I feel I feel that there's an anointing for healing right now, mm. and there's a flow, and and it's interesting because that's something that I learned from him. But one thing that he taught me, we were going into this, and I had accepted this call to ministry, to to ministry and and be a part of a deacon and come into a place of, of testing. Mm-hmm. And I remember he told me he sat me down and he said, "Son, now I don't want you to. I want you to think about this very seriously because the ministry is something." that is for the rest of your life. It's not just, mm. okay, I feel like it today, and well, no, I didn't like it, and okay. He sat me down, and he gave me a serious talk, and he says, I need you to make and determine that this is what you want for your life, that this is what you believe God is calling mm-hmm. and, and asking of you. Okay. Because he, and, and he didn't want it to be like just a token, well, I'm a minister, well, you got to, no, mm-hmm. he says, you have to determine, and you have to commit to this is God calling you. And so I'm grateful for that because that gave me, again, the seriousness and, and the, mm. the passion and the conviction. And those were words. And again, the Lord 
spoke through my father at that time saying, if, if, if you're going to get into this, it's going to be a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for the rest of your life. It's going to be something, that, you know, it's going to be something that's going to envelop you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's as Paul would say that I, that I, I have been, I have, and I, I, I'll paraphrase this. I, I have been wrapped in that which has been calling me. Now I'm wrapped in it. Mm-hmm. And God had called him on his way to Damascus and, and wrapped him up and said, you are going to be a vessel for my glory. Yes. And that's what it takes in ministry and in service to God that we serve God. God mm-hmm. is going to help you in the way. He's not going to leave you by no means. Yes. You know, and, and that's where I can tell you that if, if God could liberate this young man from East Los Angeles, yes. from Northeast LA, in the middle of this environment, mm. and bring me through, and help me and strengthen me, yes. I know that God can do great and mighty things through anyone. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, that, that, that is so true. Uh, just, and, and, I, and I think one of the greatest things, uh, a service that we can offer, whether we're in positions or not, is, is, is kind of in, in that idea of, of walking worthy uh, and, and worshiping God kind of in returning in, in what he's done in our lives, you know, just, and I think that's, that's kind of one of the things or foundations that have been set in my life was that, you know, I grew up with um, friends and family that were in church and little by little, you know, they kind of fall off to the wayside and, and it became more challenging for me because I was thinking that these were my examples. These were my, uh, you know, my, um, my people that I looked up to. And they were falling away. So I was like, well, if they can't do it, how can I do it? You know, how am I going to be able to, to, to serve God as long as I have? And, and I think it always kind of came back to that. It always came back to it was greater than church. It was greater than, than, like you mentioned, Bishop, being behind a pulpit or behind lights or, you know, being called on to do things. But it, it kind of stemmed back to, like you mentioned, uh, just being in those moments alone with God. Sure. You know, yeah, being in those moments alone with God. Because I remember one time, Bishop, I decided when I was uh, uh, 17 years old, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to go to church anymore. And I don't know what came over me, but I'm not going to church anymore, and, and, and it's hard, and, and they asked too much of me. And, you know, I was just in my own little pity party, and I was throwing the trash out from our house. And, and that little journey from my the doorstep of my house to the trash can or the, where the dumpster was at, right in the middle of that walk, I just felt God tell me, what have I done to you? And I was like, God, you haven't done anything. You've been so awesome to me. I go, I'm not saying. So that's when it kind of started speaking to my heart. It's like, well, you're saying you don't want to go to church, but since you're saying you don't want to serve me. It's like, no, God, how could I ever turn my back to you? You know, but kind of, you know, kind of like when you mentioned those audible moments where God just sure. kind of, yeah, tugging at you, you know, getting into your heart and, and kind of getting to that matter. And, and I really believe that's true, you know, learning how to walk, you know, in those times and, uh, yeah, it's just so important to build those foundations, your personal foundation in relationship with Christ, for sure. Wow, Bishop. Uh, I, I, I appreciate it. So let me, let me yeah. say this. I, I feel that to share this. Yes, you know, sir. I, I, it, may, it may seem like, oh, everything has just gone good for mm. this brother. And, you know, let me not tell you, there have been moments, there have been rocky moments where you question, mm. you know, you question yourself. Is it, you ask yourself, and I remember asking myself, uh, because sometimes in moments of what I call frailty, where you you just feel like weak, like yeah. like is this really? And I'll and I'll share with you a couple of things. There was some there was a time in my life, 
probably between that, that 18 to 21, 22 years old. I remember I, I would I would attempt to do certain things and strive to do certain things and just utterly fail. Mm. I would try to to just you know to 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 strum up passion and but yet along the road and 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 this is important you know I can tell you that my life in no way has been perfect mm. and without blemish and without no there's always challenges. Yeah. It's how you react. Mm. Okay. It's how you react, especially in the question of ministry. I remember there, there was an interim, and there came a point where my, my testing between being a deacon and a, and a minister, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you, you go through changes and transitions. And at that point, you know, I, I, had, I had gone to a point, I had a great friend of mine, and during that point, we were passionate about seeking, okay, Lord, what do you have for us? And I remember there came a point where he was going to Bible college. Mm. And we and this was a time when uh, we're graduating from high school, mm -hmm. you know. And I was one of the first graduates in my family to be able, you know, to be able to graduate from high school and have a diploma. And and so I realized, okay, this was what the Lord called me to be a part of to to make sure I get my education. Mm -hmm. And my parents always drove that in me. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't a second option of where you're just going to give up and 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 just do whatever. No, that I knew that there was purpose. However. There came a point where I I made to I I came to a crossroads, mm. and I, I I determined well you know what maybe Bible college is probably the best thing I could do to really strengthen, and during the time Christian Life Center in Stockton California mm -hmm. was was in a boom there they, they they had some great teachers there was there was, and so me and a friend of mine, who now rests in peace, uh, a, a dear friend of mine Adam Barbosa was a good friend of mine and and so we determined all right you know what I think this is a good plan. Let's go to Bible college. Let's at least put in a couple years. Let's mm -hmm. really commit to Scripture to really, to really hone our our, our skills and, and and our abilities. And I remember uh, determining with him, okay, you know what, I, you know, and he's like, well, look, if you'll go with me, I'll go too. And you know, we, we and we did a lot of things together. But I remember going to my parents asking for permission, and my parents wouldn't have it. My parents are like, no, we don't think it's the will of God for you to go to Bible college right now. Mm -hmm. It, it, you know, God called you to go to college and get your career. And then after you get your career, then consider going to Bible college. Mm. And I, my, my world was rocked. <laughs> oh, but this is spiritual. But it, yeah. And that's a point where you can get bitter. You can mm. rebel. And I, I, and I, I was upset. I was like, how can this be? I'm trying to yeah. do the right thing. But they determined, they determined, you know what? Uh, no, we don't think this is. We don't think this is the right decision for you to make. Mm -hmm. And so they had their reasons. I didn't understand it. And it took me a long time to try. Well, why wouldn't they let me? It took me a couple of years, like, you know. And why? Because I went, you know, and I, I, I went to, to college. And I'll share this story, and this will kind of make sense. I'll share this story because one day my, my school counselor, and in my spiritual walk, you, you start to, to, to question, okay, Lord, did you really call me? Is this really for me? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I want to go to Bible college and then I can't do it. And uh, and my friend mm -hmm. went to college and, and, and he went to the Bible college and, and, and I saw him growing and and the Lord was dealing with me. But God puts you on separate paths sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, but it was another test of will you obey? Will you be obedient? And so 
I, I was old school in that sense where I knew that if my I didn't have my my parents' blessing, mm. if I didn't have their 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 you know that green light from them, that it was not going to be a good decision. Mm. And I knew that because I had always taught. I was always taught in Sunday school: honor thy father yeah. and thy mother, so that their days may be long. Mm. And and that that and that's where the Bible and that instruction mm. it centers you and it gives you foundation. So it helped me not to rebel. It helped me not to go. And trust me, I've been in places, and I remember I had neighbors, and we were all good friends in the barrio. But by that point. There was people going to jail. There was people mm. having issues. There was people having kids. I mean, it was... And there was a group of about 25 of us on that street. And, uh, you know, this is Northeast L.A., so the, the, the gang environment's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that was their out. Yeah. But thankfully, I had the church. Thankfully, I had sports, you know. And I, I played sports in high school. Uh, you know, I played varsity football, and I was involved, and... and and so, but it taught me to have a balance. Mm. And so we all need that balance because it's not all spiritual. And that's what my parents taught me. It's not all spiritual. You can't just dive into everything spirit. And, and so when, when I went through that experience where I, I'm, I'm trying and I'm attempting these things and, and thinking, I'm just failing. And it's like, Lord, mm. I'm trying to be faithful. And that's when this understanding where, where you know, I remember going into choosing a college and where I was going to study. And I remember my counselor came to me and he says, you know what, uh, because there were several. And so the Ivy League schools came in through uh, the high school. And I remember that specific afternoon, I remember having some questions because the the recruiters for Yale University from New Haven, Connecticut mm-hmm. came through. And I remember asking them a few questions and I, I liked their program. I liked the, the principles that, that Yale had. And... Uh, you know, and I knew, well, you know, if God can do it, then it'll work out. And I remember talking to my parents and telling them, look, you know, because my counselor came up to me afterward and they had already done their homework and mm-hmm. said, well, he came up to me and says, look, the recruiter was impressed. He saw your, your credentials. He saw your grades. And uh, and he thinks you should be you could be a good candidate to get uh, to get accepted at Yale. OK, the true story. Mm-hmm. OK. And I remember going to my parents again and saying, look, this is an opportunity. The, the counselor just spoke to me. And they, they, I don't know. I don't remember if they told me, well, let me pray about it. Or let me think about it. Mm. But they came back some short time later and said, you know what? No, we don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Now, it's not. And, and so it's an Ivy League school. It's great education, you know. But it was clear, you know, almost 3,000 miles away, mm. 2,800 miles away. Okay, but, but just remember this, and I'll say this much and I'll continue. But the Lord has a sense of humor. <laughs> okay, so I'll explain that. And so another challenge, and it's like, well, I want to do the right thing. Why not go to an, you know. And again, you, you have to learn to, to do the right thing and be obedient. See, mm. that's why the Bible says I... I I rather have obedience than than great sacrifice. Mm. But God was teaching me to 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 be able to rein back your emotions and build a character. Mm. And see, sometimes life is going to throw at you stones. Sometimes life is going to give you situations. And I mean, I remember during that time, I could tell you of being offered drugs, of being in, in environments that, you know, and and we're talking in the neighborhood, normal daily life. I mm. mean, I'm talking. 
I remember there was people, uh, there was one time where this guy, he must have been high on drugs and, and he wanted to pick a fight with me. And this guy was coming, you know, guns blazing. But somehow I just remember just being able to say a few words and it's like the angel of the Lord in, wow. came around and he calmed down. And I said, look, look, I'm not looking for any trouble. Look, you know, I'm just like you. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just a kid here. I, you know, I have no, I have no issues with you. Mm. But everybody thought like, okay, this is going to get serious. But, but somehow everything, and, and I believe it's the Lord's hand that when you commit to the Lord, the Lord protects you. Mm. Now, I could defend myself, and I was a big guy, you know what I mean? But it wasn't about the violence, mm. okay? Because let me give everybody context of uh, what I'm talking about. What, what's he talking about? I grew up in, in Los Angeles when the Rodney King riots, mm. during the Rodney King riots of civil unrest in the city, when they started mm. burning and looting, I grew up in, in, in the time frame where O.J. Simpson trial mm. and the verdict and all of that scenario. That's mm. the time. I mean, I remember being in high school and we could see the soot coming coming onto the, the, the area there because mm. of all the burning and all this. You know, and it, and it seemed like L.A. was a war zone. Wow. Civil unrest. Okay, so we grew up in this environment where you want to jump into a, 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 you know, and and the gangs and everything is taken off. But yet I knew enough that these were not areas because the Lord had spoken to me. You either serve me or you're mm. going to serve the devil. But I had made a commitment and God had always told me, just be obedient and you'll never do without. Be obedient mm. and I will tr and, and trust in me and I will take care of you. And that's what I tell people because my opportunity was simple. And my testimony and my my experience is that because I was able to make that decision, it helped me mm. and set me in a direction where I could trust, where, where I could reach out and God would always help me out. Wow. And that's an important principle, and especially today in 2021. That it's not that you, you, you you're going to take it step by step, a moment by moment, because we do serve a God that has grace, that mm -hmm. is merciful. And even despite our errors and, and despite sometimes we were upset, but it's mm -hmm. knowing how to react. Yes. And if there's something that, that the Lord has always told me is how to make good decisions, mm -hmm. how to be resilient. And, and, you know, sometimes I make good decisions and sometimes I made bad decisions. Sure. But it's knowing that God is gracious and God is is merciful yes. and and sometimes we believe and see that this is the thing we believe that yeah you grow up in church everything's perfect no yeah. we have the challenges like everybody else and if anything there's there's an extra there's there's, a, there's an extra weight because you should know better mm. yet you're human mm. yes you know yet you're human yet you have emotions yet you have however God builds that character in yes. you yes and so in that process where I didn't go to Yale, I didn't do these things, but I had to stay home and I had to. And that's where ministry and that's where learning to walk with God, mm. learning to not go with the crowd or not go with the latest fad or the, the, the latest and understanding what God had for you. Yes. Well, if you you push forward uh, probably about 10, 12 years, I end up being called on a Wednesday afternoon to be the missionary, the home missionary to New England and move to Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, Providence, Rhode Island is about an hour away from New Haven, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> it's an hour north of there. So yeah. not only, I mean, God took me beyond. Mm. Now, now I live and I'm, I'm you know, and, and kind of give everybody the, the, the full circle of what God will do. Is that now I live approximately about 12 miles. No, not even. About five miles, sorry. About five miles from Cambridge, Massachusetts where Harvard University, another Ivy League, and the first university uh, began. Mm -hmm. And now I've audited courses there. I have access to the school. I've pastored uh, four students, or actually three students, and, and, and another apostolic brother. Four students in a row have graduated from Harvard wow. University that are apostolic. I used to pray about this 30 years ago when I grew up in L.A., Lord, send apostolics, send men and women of God, Jesus' name, uh, you know, send them to the Ivy Leagues on full rides for your glory. And yes. I've pastored them. I've been in every one of those graduations. Wow. What a privilege. What, yes. what an honor to see God. And I mean, and, and thankfully, but God will take you. And he took me from, you know, that small town in El Sereno wow. to... To, you know, uh, just outside of Cambridge, Massachusetts. I live in Waltham. It's about five miles away. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing and the important thing is that God will take you through a journey and it's knowing the crossroads and, and mm -hmm. how to navigate. But know that you haven't, you know, when, when you stray or when you, you come across, and I really feel to say this, is that it, it's important in 2021 for people to understand that nobody has this perfect, you know, perfect. Mm. Nobody has this down, you know, it's it's learning to navigate, learning to, to, to work through your situations and knowing to ask for advice. Thankfully, wow. I can tell you, my life has been characterized where I had a lot of men pour into me, help me, mm -hmm. strengthen me. I asked the questions, yeah. you know, have have the courage to ask the questions. If you don't know or you're wondering, ask the questions. I've mm -hmm. committed the rest of my life to be able to help others that if that if I can share with them mm -hmm. and help them and strengthen them and, and reach out my hand as they did with me. Mm -hmm. Because that's what ministry and life in in Christ is, re relying on others. Yes. Relying on others. You know, the book of Amos says, can two walk together except that they agree? Mm. And so, and that's where... The, that's where the the pandemic is really working on us because we're we we need each yeah. other, and if anything, it's a clarion call to society to say bond together, work with mm. one another. You know, if everybody wears their mask and if everybody does their part, yes, things will be better. Yeah. But it's also if everybody will cooperate and work yeah. together, because we've seen the best and the worst in 2020. Yeah, we've seen the best in people because love and compassion and yeah. and. And we've also seen the worst, and and we're we're passionate people for yeah. ideologies and principles, and and yet, as believers in Christ, we are all disciples of Christ. And, and so I I sum it up with this: is that I'm trying to be a disciple of Christ mm. every day, yes. and I believe that's what what God wants from all of us yes. to be His disciple. Yes, sir. Well, something you mentioned, Bishop, um, kind of carries over to my my next question for you, sir. And and you mentioned, you know, we we learn how to kind of adjust, you know, to things uh, in in our lives. And and uh, you know, we talked, we touched on a little bit about the COVID nineteen virus. Um, but how has that touched you, Bishop, uh, personally, or your church? How how has that been? A, how has that 
how has COVID nineteen impacted you guys there where you're at? Okay, um, for for me personally, um, back in March, uh, we we the city of Boston, uh, we had an outbreak, and we were one of the early cities that had mm. issues, and uh, and so we we were able to see this virus begin to spread and and all the uncertainties of it, and uh, mm. but you know, thankfully, I. And, my household personally, it must have been probably the first week of April sometime, first or second week. I don't recall exactly the date, but it's, you know, I started getting a cold sweat and starting having a fever. And it was, I remember it was a Sunday night and it just came all of a sudden. And we had been in, in projects trying to, to gather food for the church and people in need and and uh, and we didn't think, and you know, we were wearing our masks mm. and our gloves and, and everything that we had to do. So COVID hit our, our home. And so for the next two, three weeks, wow. and, and even a couple of weeks subsequent, you know, my wife, uh, my, my niece who lives with us, and myself, I just, I, I, I had that, that first night, and I remember praying like I've never prayed before. I, I just, I said, Lord, have mercy on my wow. soul. Because I just felt terrible. I felt like my head was going to explode. I had this fever, had these chills, uncontrollable. So it was way beyond, you know, I, I'm being fortunate. I get the flu every seven years, you know, mm. every five years. It's, it's, I'm not a very sickly in that aspect. Mm -hmm. But that night, and and, and coupled with that, I, I, it almost felt like a, a spiritual attack mm. as well. And and so, and, and, and I think, and I believe this, you know, because... There's some things that are physical and then some things that are beyond physical. And mm -hmm. why? Because COVID, uh, along with COVID, and I'll, I'll say this very, very, very succinctly. Along with COVID, there's been a lot of these types of things like fear, like uncertainty, mm -hmm. like mental health, like mental stability. It's been one of those viruses. And for because of the, the because of the social media and the information, you know, highway that yeah. we are living in. I think a lot of this, and, and early on, since we, there was still a lot of unknowns, mm -hmm. you know, but I had friends that had COVID symptoms that, you know, they, they, they got sick in December and January, uh, you know, and, you know, and so going through that COVID, it really impacted, but I started to see, you know, and that's when locally in our local church, we could no longer uh, meet anymore because mm -hmm. everything shut down because we needed to kind of figure out it's like the city of Boston and and Saugus and all these areas in Cambridge they needed to figure out so it was impacted but it was a quick impact because we were early on in mm. this in this struggle and so thankfully there's a lot of laboratories in, in Cambridge so information started to flow out but the controls that needed to be in place uh, public transportation a lot of things and so at that point those of us and I have I work secularly so those of us that were working secularly we, we had to work and, and you know and only essential personnel were going into work mm. so now we had to move everything in-house but I purposed to to be able to provide that support and that help and so for the last year we have not missed having our services having our prayer having a lifeline that we cast out every week a message uh, mm -hmm. and and so I say that that we were impacted such and so I dealt with it early on so I knew exactly what to look for. Mm. I knew exactly and and you know part of my work we had information that 
I remember having a Wednesday night Bible study that I converted into a, a COVID-19 understanding what's coming hmm. session where, you know, we started to wipe down everything and everybody's looking at me strange, like what happened to pastor something? <laughs> but I already had some understanding yeah. that this is what we got to do. This is how we have to prepare because we don't have any control and we don't know the impact yet. Hmm. So personally, it, it impacted us. And then we started seeing friends and, and pastors pastor friends in New York and different areas and they all started to get sick and now uh, you know because it's not just the two weeks of quarantine it's the lingering effects mm. the, the the trouble breathing and the, you know I remember two three weeks later I would still get I mean come across two three o'clock in the afternoon and and it's like somebody hit me with a wet blanket and I just wow. was just exhausted I mean and then it just hit me and situations, I didn't have the, the breathing and, and all the extra, but just certain things, the headaches. And, and so learning how to navigate life during mm. all of that. Mm. Learning how to, to be careful, learning how to, to do what you need to do. And I think those were some of the biggest challenges yeah. that we had. In, and so in the local church, you know, we've had families. Matter of fact, this morning I had, I had one of the, the brothers... Uh, that helps us out and he came down with covid positive oh, today boy. and so this has been kind of a constant you know i can tell you I, we've had great challenges there was people that basically were given death sentences mm -hmm. i've had people in the local church that were eight months pregnant with covid wow i've had people that went through their pregnancy uh i've you know so there's there's been different scenarios and challenges along this road but in all of them, the Lord has sustained. The yes. Lord has worked. The Lord has, I mean, I, I, I can tell you, I, I prayed for a young man who had basically dismissed. He, he, had, he, had, he had shared all the, the Pauline epistles and, you know, I have fought the good fight. And he was convinced that he was going to die. Yeah. He was convinced. He was like the doctor sent him home and said, we can't do anything for you. Wow. But he couldn't breathe. You know, they, they just. And yet the Lord had told me, I want you to pray for him and I'm going to set him free. Mm. And so at one o'clock in the morning, I'm praying over the phone. And that young man's still walking around <sighs> and breathing and, and worshiping God because God is faithful. And so yeah. that's something that I want to really, you know, and I'll share with you. There, there are several themes throughout this that I believe will help. One is hope. Don't lose hope. Mm. Number two, or, or first of all, let me start with this. God loves you, one. This mm. is not something that God sent to us to punish you. And uh, Number two is hope. Don't mm. lose your hope. He, he is, and Christ is the light. He is the life. Yes. The Bible says, you know, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give it, I give unto you. Yes. Okay. And so uh, along with that, the message of Christ for today is simple. That we, we cannot lose hope because he is the res resurrection and the life. Mm. Although the world outside would say, if you get COVID, well, you're going to die or, or there's uncertainty. Don't let that uncertainty. Mm. Yes, and I've lost friends. I've, I've lost, I mean, we've, we've all suffered some, some loss, no. some separation. However, that hope must not be lost. Yes. And that's part of the process. Uh, you know, other themes that uh, keep your mental health. And I'll tell you something. There, there was times this, and I'm going to be really honest with you. There was times during this whole year where I, I thought I was going crazy because where do I turn? What do I do? Mm. The pressure's on. The, the, you know, what, you need an answer. You need to pray. I mean, what, what, 
what's going on like mm. when is this gonna end and in your and sometimes it's because of the frustration it's like when is this gonna end and then you lose a, a friend or you lose a colleague mm. or, or you see uh, families in despair or and, and I'll tell you this why because every month it seems like there was something that was unleashed out into the environment yeah. and I, that's the best way I can explain it because if we're really honest, it was always fear. It was it was uncertainty. It was like this mental health, like, okay, can I keep it together? Mm. Like, how am I going to survive? How am I going to provide? All of these topics were, were, were being put out there. You know, is this, uh, you know, all the conspiracy theories, mm. all of those things, all of the information. And, and, and I think, and there came a point during this whole year that I had to just shut out any other influence and just seek the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what do you have for us? Mm -hmm. Again, learning how to walk alone. Mm -hmm. Because when you're a pastor, when you're a bishop, you, you need answers. And people <laughs> want answers. And, and, and people want Bible. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I, I, I'm a theology student, you know. And, and they, want, they want to know. Mm -hmm. But yet, there are certain answers where we came to a limitation. Mm. But thankfully, I, I'll tell you this much. Thankfully, throughout this time, there was a group of pastors that we met every Monday night. Uh, my elders and, and, and friends of mine, we would stay in contact constantly. And I'm talking friends in Ecuador, friends in Bolivia, in Thailand, in different areas, you know, missionary friends. And, and, and just understanding what's coming, understanding. And, and so... That's what's important. If there's anything that I can suggest to people is learn and find people that you can trust, yeah. that you can rely on, that, that you can kind of vent with, that you can mm. have a sounding board. That's what this is really calling us because it's an it's unique and you know it's it's a, yeah. we my, my lifetime we haven't seen a pandemic within a church con constraint yeah. we haven't seen anything near it. Yeah. However, what we're going through today is basically this we're, we're going to get through the storm but now 2020 taught us and has strengthened us mm. yes. so that when we see the challenges that, that are before us we're able to know how to navigate yeah and so it goes back to that analogy of we're we're, we're getting to the other side yeah. however now we have the experiences we know how to we, we know how to navigate we yeah. know how to walk we know how to deal with certain things. And I'm sure there'll be new ones. Mm. But we'll at least have a foundation and a base yeah. in which, Brother Mario, we're able to go forward. Yeah. We're able to surround our families. We're able to have that faith. We're able to have that belief that God will sustain us. Mm -hmm. yes. And so that's how it's impacted us. I mean, we've yeah. been hit. And like I said, we're continually seeing this. But now we know how to navigate. Now we know how to help. Now we yeah. know, you know what, what, what to be able to help with. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So we're thankful for that, and, and I'm thankful because we're we're still in this. Yes. And, <laughs> and and you know, and we're gonna be okay, and everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, kind of along the same lines, uh, learning, like you mentioned, Bishop, learning uh, through 2020 how to navigate to 2021. What would you say your outlook um, would be for your ministry and your church then? So for us. The, the outlook is, is very simple, and that's to be disciples. Mm. True disciples of Christ uh, live and, and also are examples. Yes. And in that simplicity, it sounds like a real deep concept, but to be a disciple of Christ is basically 
uh, know the word of Christ, mm-hmm. know know His gospel, and know you know the the the, the plan of salvation, mm-hmm. but know your purpose, know mm. know your piece in the puzzle, know your understanding. So, for me, my my local church is the Boston Apostolic Lighthouse, and so our our main motto is where the light of Christ shines in your life. Mm. Okay, and so. Uh, just as you can see here, the the lighthouse is such a unique thing, and this is this is you know I didn't I, I didn't call the church lighthouse for no reason, but <laughs> the Lord spoke to me again, and what I believe His audible voice and said, and He showed me a vision of of the light, mm. of the lighthouse, and that was simple, that it, it had a bulb of oil as as the the combustible or or the source of 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 the flame mm-hmm. that would go up. There was a mirror, and there was a flame. And the mirror would gyrate around. But everywhere the darkness was at, the mirror would turn and bring light to it. Mm. And so that image, and that's that's what our local church is about, is that we can go into the circumstance. It may be a dark circumstance. It may be a shadow. It may be whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But through the word of God, through the life of, of Christ, through the message of Christ, we will be able to bring light wow. in those places of darkness. We will be able to help those that are ships stranded in the, in the sea that yeah. can look at the light and say there is safety. And so that that is really the mission of our Lord for Church. We want people to know that this is a place of safety. This is a place of salvation. This yeah. is a place of help. This is a place of restoration. This is a place of grace. Mm. And so that is the message that that, that the light of of Christ and and His words and and you know, uh, and the the grace that He showed that He came to this earth because yes. and and I'll share it very succinctly, very 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 importantly. Everybody knows John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him would not perish but mm. have everlasting life. But but verse seventeen is the key. For God has not sent His Son to the world to condemn the world. Mm but that the world might be saved through him. Yeah. And so that is one of our, our foundational scriptures that we believe, that God did not send his son to the world to condemn us. Yeah. That, 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 world, that word world is cosmos. God didn't send us into our environment to, con- to, to break down and to kill us and to destroy us. Mm-hmm. No, he has sent his son into our lives, into our environment, so that we would have life everlasting. Yes. And that is our message in 2021, moving forward, that we could be a disciple, that we could, that we could reflect the light of Christ, the love yes. of Christ, the grace of Christ. So that it doesn't matter where you're at, you're able to make a connection. Because that's my, that's my primary job, is to connect people to Christ. Mm. That's really the function. Yes. And, and, and that's why our mission here, and, and we're, we're able to impact, you know, because I'm thankful for social media, because in 2020, I preached to more people through social media, <laughs> where, I mean, just two, three weeks ago, a, a transmission, one message has reached over 1,900 people. Wow. Something that we, you know, and, and I admit, you know, we weren't on social media, we weren't preaching, but now this is our mode, and, and yeah. we've equipped ourselves to move forward so that this light would, you know, and so yes. sometimes it's like God will, will hit us on the head and say, <laughs> okay, you got to be, but we have to know when to shift. Yeah. And so that's, that's our message. We want to be able to, to help those that, that need those that are, are that need questions answered, mm-hmm. that, that need prayer, that need healing, 
They need restoration. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll say this much. There are many people that, that maybe have walked away or have not been as close to God or to the church or to to faith. Yeah. But this is a clarion call, and I believe God is saying to humanity throughout the world, mm. if you'll just seek me, if you'll just draw near, I will draw near to you. Yes. And I see that as a powerful, and because even as a church, as a, as a body of Christ, we need to be able to adapt, mm-hmm. to go like Christ into dark situations and, and speak life and, yeah. and ask people, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to be set free? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, so, and that's what I hope that our church would embody, that we're prepared, we're equipped. Because mm. if there's something that I've trained in 2020 and I was challenged, because as a pastor, I'll tell you this much. And I'm sorry I'm being elaborate, but I just I really feel this as a pastor. And if I have any colleagues or friends or, or individuals out there that are wondering, but 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 if the church can't have church, then how are they being effective? Mm-hmm. Well, th- this is how it's being effective: is that we have taught people. Because the, the, I'll tell you, that's one of the challenges: is that we can't meet. So as a minister, you're like, well, you know, we can't meet, and everything's going to go down, and you know, and sometimes the the the, the devil or the demons come at you and and the negative naysayers come at you and say well your church is just going to shut up you might as well board it up and you move down the road because it's all going to fall apart mm. and i'm i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie those those thoughts sometimes come at you mm. but you have to resolve and i'll tell you this is that i had enough understanding that whatever we have taught in the foundation that has been laid in the discipleship that we have taught I was assured in myself, and I remember praying about this, and the Lord assured me. He says, you've laid the foundation. You've spoken. Everybody knows what they must do. Mm. Now it's on them to take it day to day. The Bible says, if any man want to become a follower of me, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And so, but it's not, but we as a a people, as Christians, are here to help one another, Mm -hmm. to, to go on that journey. And so that's the message of the Boston mm. Apostolic Lighthouse, that we want to help people on their journey yes. to Christ. Yes, yes, that's good. That's good, Bishop. Um, and kind of, kind of jumping on, you mentioned, uh, you know, helping people on their mission to, to find Christ, uh, Bishop. If there was one person, and, I, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, uh, because I know there were probably a, a variety of people in your life. Uh, in your life journey, in your faith journey. But if you could kind of just pinpoint it to one person that was really in, uh, influential or inspirational in your in your faith journey, who would that be and why, Bishop? Um, I think I would have to see it was, it was my parents because mm-hmm. they were there at, at, at that critical point where they looked at me and I told them, I want to be baptized. I mm-hmm. want to make this life-changing experience. And had they made a different decision and probably not allowed me mm. to serve God and make that commitment. Because knowing myself, and I'll be real honest with you, knowing myself, I'm convinced, Brother Mario, mm-hmm. Brother Nahida, I am convinced that if I didn't make that decision that night, that I'd probably be, and I'm, I'm saying this with all humility, but I'd mm-hmm. probably be one of the biggest gangbangers in L.A. right now. Wow. I'm convinced. The reason why is because my trajectory yeah. and ministry has grown and, 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 and I wouldn't be pastoring, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have uh, you know, been uh, the inaugural bishop for the Northeast District I wouldn't have been a part of all these uh, these 
things and places and mm. preaching and, and, and seeing transformations and, and visiting different foreign countries and doing I, I'd be doing something for, for evil, for, mm. for wrong, for you know, for myself and but but I can tell you if it, if it really wasn't uh, that mercy that God had on me that yeah. night and, and the and the, the basically the because along the along the road God put a lot of men, you know, I had great friends, like I mm. mentioned. I had a great friend, Adam Barbosa, I had a great friend, I still have a great friend over thirty plus years of friendship, uh, uh, brother Abel Duarte. Mm. Uh, Brother Juan Campos. These are men that we've been friends. We're family. We're like brothers. Mm. But they've been with me in in the mountaintop, and they've also been with me through the valleys, yeah. through the the rough patches, and through the and and so the 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 thing that I can tell people is, God will always send people to assist you, to help mm. you, to strengthen you. Yeah. Sometimes you may not like what they have to say, mm. but a true friend. It's going to help you and strengthen you and give you the truth. It may hurt, yeah. but it's going to help you. Yes. It's going to help you. And and so that's what I can say is that, I, you know, uh, yes, my, 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 I, I would say my parents, my father, you know, my father for having the faith to say, I'll take the responsibility. Yeah. You know, those are big words because, yeah. I mean, I tell you, I was pumped up like, all <laughs> right, I got some backup, you know, like, all right. And along the road, but don't, don't. Don't think that you know he would use those words and say, "Remember, I, I told, I took responsibility, mm. so you got you got to walk right." Yeah. Gotta, because at twelve years old, you're in an environment yeah. that is is not pleasant, and and you got to have your faith, and you know, and and the Lord knew. But again, I tell you, if I hadn't made that decision, mm. I I know that I would have been up to no good, yeah. and probably been the biggest heart heartbreak to my parents and family. Mm. But that's been my testimony that the Lord has protected me. Yes. That yeah. I've never been shot. I've never been high. I've never. Yeah. I've always, you know, I've always had that small voice to say, "Oh no, you don't want to go there. Or yeah. You don't want to do this. You know, you." And so I count that as the grace of God. Yes. yes. You know, and when you trip and fall, God picks you up yes. and puts you together. And that's important because I, I don't want that. Most people see title bishop or pastor and, and everything's perfect. No, I'll tell you something. It, it, you know, we have all the same challenges. Yeah. We have, we all stumble. We all have, you know, we're all human in, in our, however, we all know that God is gracious and, and, yes. and he has a balsam. He has an aloe that, that he heals us. Yes. He heals the yeah. wounds. He heals, and and so, again, I th I think in 2021 I've learned to kind of, you know, you have to learn to take up your scrapes and bruises, mm. and come to God and, and come to Him alone, yeah, and and draw near, yes, you know, because there's still there's still a long journey to go, yes, to to know Christ, yeah. and so we don't figure them out, we don't have them in a box, and the years that that we have left, that's what we're determined is to. To continue forward and to serve him, yes. and to help help those that are in need, because yes. that's what we're called to—service. Mm -hmm. That's true. And Bishop, um, kind of speaking from your experience as a Christian, um, if someone listening today—and I believe you've already done such a great job—you know, sharing 
you know, words of, of uh, encouragement. But uh, just to kind of wrap this up, if you could encourage somebody that's listening today to continue or maybe to start their own personal relationship with Christ, what would you say to that person, Bishop? Okay, what I, what I would say to that person, that individual, is it doesn't matter uh, where you find yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what circumstances have been a part of your life, your environment, mm. uh, because sometimes, you know, in, in the places that I've seen people go through, and I've had experience with a lot of different people from a lot of different walks, mm-hmm. the one thing that, that overrides all things is the love of God, mm. and that God loves us all. We are all his children. We all have an opportunity. We all have and despite what others say, that's where we have to go to the, the words of Christ. Mm. Where Christ says, I, I, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Come unto me, all that are heavy laden, heavy burdened, tired, that are frustrated, that are bruised, that are beaten, that are abused, that, are, that, that have made bad decisions. Mm. Uh, you know, we can paraphrase and, and put ourselves... But this is not just for those people that everything seems to be on the surface that appears to be good. We are all humans. For for Romans 3.23 is a very important scripture, and that is, For all have sinned and mm. come short of the glory of God. We all miss the mark. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes what we hear, and when we hear the word church, we hear it's like synonymously with sinner. Mm. But I want to tell somebody today, and if I could encourage anybody is, no matter your circumstance, no matter where you find yourself, no matter if you're tired, no matter if, if you say, I, I don't have the will to live, mm. I'm here to tell you that Christ is life. Yeah. And the greatest opportunity you have today is to draw near to him. The mm. Bible says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. If mm. you'll just take a step, if you'll just allow him into the ship, if you'll just allow him into your heart, he will calm the storm. He will give you the strength. He will He will reach out. Because what one thing that I can share with you, and, and real briefly, mm-hmm. we see this story that I've alluded to where, where, where the disciples are in the ship. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, call me to the water. Mm-hmm. But after a bit, he starts to see the wind and feel the pressure and see the wind. And he begins to sink. And, and one thing that I want to tell somebody today, and this is what I feel to share with you, is even in the midst of your storm, God will reach out and grab you mm. and hold you. He held, Jesus held Peter in the middle of a storm, in the middle of raging winds mm-hmm. and raging storms that could have drowned him. Everybody on the boat is screaming and they're worried about Peter. They're not worried about Jesus, they're worried about Peter. Mm. But they're also astonished because he's not sinking anymore. Mm. He has grown in the hands of God. He is above the circumstance. Mm. And that's something that I want to share with you. That God will reach out in the middle of the storm and everybody around you is going to say, but how are you? It's because the Lord sustained me in the middle of the storm. And so that is the analogy. And friend, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what walk of life, uh, what, you know, what gender you consider yourself. And I'm, I'm being very 21st century, mm. 2021 right now, because this is a scenario where God is not going to cast you off. Mm. 
And, yeah. and that's where I, I would pray that, that healing would come to your life, that peace would come to your life, because true peace is in the mid, it's basically true peace is this, is knowing Christ mm-hmm. and being okay with him. Mm. Knowing that he accepts you. Yes. Knowing that he loves you, knowing that he will embrace you, that he will help you. That if you're going through sickness, if you're going, I mean, it's down to this, and I feel to say this much because it's down to the, the to the minute things. Is you've been given a death sentence, you've been given, you know, you're sick, and we have no answer. Mm-hmm. You you have lupus, you have these, you know, incurable diseases or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I'm believing God in this year and the years to come that He's going to do extraordinary miracles, nice. extraordinary healings. Things that will leave us scratching our heads that we're not going to understand. Because He loves us. Because He's willing to help us. Because He is beyond all the circumstance. And He will sustain us in the middle of our storm. Mm -hmm. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Inspirational words, Bishop. Thank you. Thank you. Bishop, I I have such a pleasure, uh, you know, just getting to speak with you for these these minutes and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, one of the greatest blessings that I get in my part when I'm speaking to, uh, people that come on is, um, you know, I get inspired, you know, with your words and, and, and your, and what you're sharing. Um, so my prayer again has always been that if it does something for me, I hope it's doing something for, for somebody that's listening today. Um, Bishop, before we get going, though, can you share with us um, how can we find your church or how can we connect with your services and your ministry there where you guys are at? Sure. Um, well, we meet every Wednesday at 7.30 on Facebook Live okay. at Boston Apostolic Lighthouse. Or even if you speak Spanish, Faro Apostolico de Boston. We're a fully bilingual church. And I speak uh, either a bilingual sermon or we're, we're looking to launch... Out of COVID, we're, we've already launched this, but we're looking to launch a, a completely English ministry and even an, what we call iChurch, eventually to just have a congregation that will be virtual. Mm. That maybe you don't, you know, you're not going to physically make it here, but I, I'm, you know, and, and it's, it's, you can call me and have a conversation. We can have a meeting. We can have a Zoom uh, but what I've said today, it doesn't matter what circumstance you're in, we know that God has an answer. Mm. God has. And so uh, you can reach us through Facebook Live uh, on Sundays. We meet at 2 p.m. And right now with the with the reduced number, we're meeting at 2 o'clock. And then our next service is at 3.30. And then our third service will be at 5. Wow. You know, I'm excited this Sunday we're able to, to meet with about 40, 45% of our uh, our of our capacity so mm-hmm. we're able to double up but we're doing whatever and this is important for people to understand uh, you can call me and I'll give you my number 617-458-6099 and uh, you know that's that's basically our church line and 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 you can call me that's my personal cell you can text me if there's a prayer request if there's a need we specifically pray on Wednesdays for any prayer requests and Sundays as well and we're believing God in this 2021. And we've already seen considerable miracles. We've already seen. And so I, I encourage you that it, don't feel that your nest or your need is so far gone or uh, it, 
you know, th- this is a moment of faith. It's time to walk on our faith mm-hmm. and and know that that if we believe God to do it, God will begin yes. to do it. And so that that's how that's how we do it. I mean, we we do a lot of uh, home Bible studies, or you know, we call them lighthouses. Uh, they're basically small groups, small mm. cell groups th- during the week. Uh, but primarily, you can reach us, and you know, if we need to do a virtual uh, conference, I mean, we can we can do. Uh, Whatever we need to do, our, we've been called to be able to share and teach and help nice. uh, those that are in need, and so and we could do it in both languages, Spanish, English. It's not a not a problem, um, and even if we had to translate to a different language, mm. and, and I say that very much so because uh, you know eventually I know I'd like to learn a little bit more Portuguese and and you know growing up in LA you learn Chinese and Cantonese and Korean. And, you know the general principles in Italian, and and so we are living in a day where don't uh, don't believe that the world has limited us. Where now we can reach out, and so mm. we're available. And and you know you can you can reach me at Pastor Lofton at Comcast.net if you have questions or you want to dialogue. I am open, and uh, you know leave me a message. I, I'm I'm saying this because it's important, and I've learned. Mm that we are in a moment where we have all these different ways and, and you don't necessarily have to live in Boston. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to live in New England. But I'm believing that we're going to start churches. We are going to start to expand this whole area mm. where it's vir- virtually a new area, Brother Mario. Yeah. And so it's such an exciting thing because I've been here 17 years. Mm. And I'm the furthest church in the United States for our organization. Yeah. But I'm believing that there are others already coming. There are mm. others. And so, uh, you know, so if you have a desire, if you have, uh, you know, walk that out. Listen to that voice mm. and you'll see how God will honor you. Yes. Yes, in Jesus' name. Uh, well, again, Bishop, thank you so much. It, it's been so uplifting, you know, to hear all the wonderful works and, and some of the miracles you share that God has done in your life and what God is going to do in Jesus' name in your church and your ministry. And, and just know, even though, like you mentioned, you're out there in Boston area, we're out here all the way in Tucson, Arizona, but know that we're praying for you, Bishop. We're praying for you and your ministry and um, and that God continue to give us victories. And, uh, you know, again, for your ministry and for your congregation there where you're at. And um, hopefully one, one of these days, you know, when all this kind of settles down the COVID situation. I, I pray that we get to go visit you all the way over there <laughs> where you're at. And and it would be such an honor to meet you in person, Bishop. If not, brother, I go on record saying, if not, we can go to Minidito and have <laughs> some chimichangas. Uh, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Minidito is one of my favorite places in Tucson. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot you yeah, I forgot you were, you know, familiar with yes, Tucson. Yeah, I'm native, native, native. Uh, uh, I used to spend my summers in Tucson, so I, I have family. My parents live there. Yeah, but yeah, no. I hopefully we can do that. Yes. By all means, you everybody's welcome to come out. And give us a call, especially if you love seafood <laughs> uh, or you love uh, uh, American history. We are here in the middle yes. of, of all of that. And yeah. So, That'd Come on be out. Awesome. If, even if you're a history buff, I mean, we can show you the the Boston Massacre and Faneuil Hall yeah. and the Declaration of Independence and was written in, by the framers and 
all of the different uh, historical, you know, I live yeah. maybe about a mile away from the Lexington battlefield. Uh, wow. So, you know, we are, we are here in the middle of the American Revolution. Yeah. But I, I'll go on record saying this, is that we are also part of a region that I believe the glory of the Lord will show out. Mm. And uh, we do covet your prayers. We ask your prayers yes. for that God would send laborers to help in this mm. in this endeavor to see God move in some of these states because there are very few churches in yeah. these areas, uh, especially of of the oneness Pentecostal apostolic belief. Yeah. But we are we know that there is a greater uh, anointing now to reach all different denominations and to unite the body mm. of Christ. And so, thank you, Brother uh, Nahira, for this opportunity. And we pray that God continue to use iHat podcast to reach those. And, uh, and you know, and I say, and I really feel this very, uh, you know, this is an opportunity and these are the, the ways that God mm. is now opening up and to reach out to those that maybe physically we can't touch you, yes. but this word can reach you wherever you're at. Yes. And so I pray in Jesus' name and I, I, I speak healing, I speak deliverance to all those that are seeking in Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Bishop. I appreciate it. God bless you, sir. God bless you, and thank you once again. All right. Well, as we conclude our podcast for today, I would like to thank you all again for listening in, and I pray that there has been a seed of faith planted in your heart and in your mind, that this seed will grow and produce fruit in your life. If you would like to hear previous podcasts or learn more about it, you can go to our podcast SoundCloud page, at www.soundcloud forward slash I have podcasts. And there you will find links to all our social media platforms. And also, if you're interested in supporting this podcast by giving, there will be links available there, there to direct you to our Patreon page where you can become a sponsoring member or to be a one-time giver, you can go to our PayPal page. If you would like to reach out to us, please email us at ihatpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Lord willing, God bless.